0: Listening to Bleeding Page Podcast. Join authors Chad Lutsky and Jason Brandt as they delve into writing and publishing the dark side of fiction.
1: Welcome to episode two. We have successfully yes. made it past one.
0: We have. We we it's it's time to celebrate. <laughs> when you start with Hunter Shea. It's Landmark never a episode guarantee. two. <laughs> yeah. We haven't been canceled, but then again, nobody's seen it, so. That's true.
1: So we're going to have Armand on this week, but before we talk about that, which it was a really great interview,
0: uh, you have some exciting news. I do. I I have uh, my new book, Cannibal Creator. This is the uh, review copy for anybody who's watching on YouTube, but uh, I'm proud of this cover because... I think it's your best cover. Really? I do. Well, thank you. I, I made this myself. And it's made to look like a cannibal film from the 70s or 80s. And that's basically what it is. It's an homage, but with a twist. It's it's like a cannibal film from the 70s or 80s, Italian cannibal, but it's also nothing like it. So um, people ha- who have been reading this have really been enjoying it. They've been calling it borderline extreme. I don't know if I'd go that far, but it is at least splatterpunk. I mean, it's, it's cannibal book.
1: Yeah and something. and
0: I do go there in some uh, in some spots and it's uh, it's different um, but it's different than what I usually do but uh, people have been saying that it's also full of the same heartfelt crap I do I guess that I can't <laughs> get away from <laughs> that good
1: old heartfelt crap
0: yeah and then I started doing a read along on January 1st for uh oh by the way that book is out in paper book back now uh cannibal creator on amazon and the pre-order for the kindle is up now and it will be released on january 14th don't ask why i, I screwed that up just i tried to do a secret quiet paperback release to get books out and then to reviewers before uh the actual release day and i've tried doing this before People start to see that it's up, and then next thing I know everybody's sharing it, and it's like, well, mm. okay. So, that uh, kind of got screwed up. So, that's why it's got... And I think uh, I'm having a give- giveaway for this uh, apron, but by the time this episode airs, that will be over with. It's a goofy, um, kind of a silly cannibal-themed apron. It's got the cover and apron. Uh, it looks great. The cover of, uh, yeah, it does look great. Great quality, and so... Somebody's going to win it by the time you hear this episode. But I started a relong along with uh, Brad Proctor, who has a YouTube channel and uh, does a uh, like a author interview type show called Paper Cuts uh, with a, his co-host. And uh, he also does reviews a lot of horror, avid reader, and he wanted to read Dracula. And I'd never read Dracula before. Okay. And have you ever read Dracula before? I have. Okay. I was intimidated because while I love Poe, absolutely love Poe, I understand about every other sentence um, (laughs) that I'm reading. Right. But he's one of my favorite authors. Same with Lovecraft. It's like you got to read a paragraph and you're like, okay, I I think I know what's going on now. You know, Dracula is not like that. And I thought it was going to be. It feels almost modern. Yes, it does. It, some of the letters get a little bit, you know, in some of the uh, spots where uh, the dialogues, particularly some of the drunks that live by the the sea there, um, get a little, uh, they have strange vocabulary. And, but, yeah, I was shocked, and I'm I'm loving it. I'm only like 113, 14 pages in right now, but... Uh, in, How long it, is it, has, it? I don't remember. I don't remember it like being... 400, 400 and some pages. Is it that big? Wow. Yeah. But i'm liking it way more than i thought i would and i i plan on tackling uh frankenstein this year too because i've never read that either and i figure you know these are some classics that that i should probably at some point dive into so yeah dracula man it's um it's going well i'm i'm glad that i finally got around to reading it and that it's 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 a simple read really
1: yeah, I, it's been over 10 years, so that's why I couldn't remember it being that long. But mm-hmm. I was in the same boat. I remember thinking it read way easier than I expected. Yeah, for sure. For a dummy like me, that's impressive. So <laughs> I don't have any book news. I It's a perfect timing that we're doing this uh, writing podcast. I'm not writing right now because I'm working on my YouTube channel solely, mm-hmm. but I'm hoping within the next three weeks, four weeks, I can get back into my writing business. But Things have been going well with the YouTube channel. I'm getting a lot of subscribers and stuff, so I'm hoping it'll be a... What's your YouTube uh, channel, Jason? It's Jason Brandt. It's a very hard to find. <laughs> it's <laughs> uh, I just watch bad movies on it. It has nothing to do with writing, so I'm not trying to send anybody there, but I'm trying to basically have parallel careers. So as one wanes, the other will hopefully uh, do better. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot of work. Editing video is a lot of work. Um, yes. So that's pretty much all I've been working on uh, so I don't have any writing news at the moment, but hopefully soon. I'm looking to completely shake up my writing business. Maybe I go into KDP Select. Maybe I I don't. Maybe I do free books. Maybe I don't. I don't know. I'm rethinking everything right now to try mm-hmm. to uh, for a big relaunch here. But before uh, we talk about the interview,
0: did you have a, a book you want to talk about or was that Dracula? Yeah, just Dracula. I was. We were talking about last week how I might give my... Uh, I mean, I suppose that I could list very quickly uh my top reads that I had without going into any kind of detail, just a, a quick list of top reads that I read in two thousand twenty one. Okay. Um hardly any of these, if any at all, were released in well, maybe a couple of them were released in two thousand twenty one. Um, but they were just happened to be the ones that I read. Uh yeah. I read The Secret Life of Bees. You probably I don't know if you've read that before. Did not read that. By Sue Monk Kidd. Probably the best book of that I read. Um, all year. Wow. Definitely not horror. I, I think there's a movie. I haven't seen the movie. My wife read this book uh, years ago and told me I should read it. I'm so glad I got around to it. Uh, I read uh, a Ron Rash collection that actually John Bowden had sent me a year or two ago called Something Rich and Strange. Very good stuff. It's like a, a tamer Jack Ketchum and harsher Raymond Carver. Okay. Um, I read my first David Joy book, Where All Light Tends to Go. That, that's in my top 10. Right. And I read more of him. Uh, Joe Lansdale, uh, his publisher sent me a nice hard copy of Moon Lake before it came out. Uh, I was so excited that they got a hold of me, asked me if I wanted it. I was like, uh, yeah. Well, and you're so... not a big Lansdale fan, so I'm surprised. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I gobbled that up and uh, it's it's um, it's he doesn't reinvent the wheel or anything. It's just Lansdale. There are some very familiar tropes in here lansdale tropes in here um but if you're into him if you're into like happen leonard it is like a it's like happen leonard but with a female kind of thing it's not it's not a happen leonard book but it it feels like one and there's the banter back and forth and and uh between these people and there's an investigation going on and there of course there's a dead body there's a bridge and there's a um and there's water and these are very familiar things that that joe likes to to touch on and i think that stems back to a real life experience he had where he saw uh, a drowned body or something and maybe he maybe um yeah some kind of uh experience that he had with that oh but so maybe he just uh it's cathartic for him to write about i don't know um i read josh maryland's pearl excellent book that dude is uh he's got a scary mind man he's he's uh (laughs) he's got a different mind
1: i like Uh, how varied all his books are
0: me too man one does
1: not seem like the other
0: yeah and i I like that he's not afraid to uh experiment even if it doesn't work for half the readers you know yep uh i read richard chismar uh chasing the boogeyman that's in my top 10 that that was good it's kind of like a documentary crime fiction but uh made to look like this really happened to him kind of thing comes with uh photos in the middle of the book just like any other um you know non-fiction crime book it's pretty cool uh hunter shay's creature is in my top 10 i was surprised by the book um you know uh it there it's (laughs) there's action in it there's suspense in it but the majority of it is like this um, kind of ongoing ailment drama, and mm-hmm. it's not boring somehow. And um, just because it's was... basically his life, uh, right? So he
1: has uh, a lot of experience, and he just nails that part of the book.
0: He he really does. And uh, I it's I mean it takes up like two thirds of the book, but I was not bored with it. So no. very good book. Uh, Hunter's a great writer, and uh, Jack Ketchum's off season finally read that. Jack's, uh, one of my favorite writers. That's, um, that's a, that's one brutal book. I haven't um, read that one to... in the scrape by James Newman and Mark Steensland. Incredible book. It's like a, feels like a, almost like a David joy kind of thing, like a Appalachian crime noir type. Okay. type of deal. Awesome. Awesome book. And then I read, uh, I was asked to blurb Eric LaRocca's, um, the strange thing we become. It's a collection of short stories. And, um, he is great. You know, he just put out the, uh, what's the name of that book that everybody and their mother bought last year. The, uh, um, things have gotten worse since we last spoke. Mm. Yeah. Um, he, he, uh, you know, he's a great writer. The problem I had with that book was his gorgeous prose that he and it's not like poetic to the point where it's like pretentious it's just really really well done but he tries to throw that in like email formats and stuff and for me personally <laughs> it didn't work and uh but these stories in this book are some of the there. there's one or two in here there's some of the best short stories i've ever read so i gladly wow. gave a blurb for that and uh, if you are one of the people who did not like things have gotten worse since we last spoke you have got to check out something that like this where he uh can where he really shines where you don't have that um you know that email im exchange um turning into you know if if you didn't dig that keep keep you know give him another shot and read read something else because he's a great writer so yeah those those are in my top 10. I don't, I'm not going to do a top 10, but I just
1: wanted to shout out one author in particular who mm-hmm. I read almost everything he published this year, and that was Grady Hendrix. I want to say I started with my best friend's exorcism, and I was mm-hmm. like, damn, yeah, this dude can write. Like This is a, just the way his prose and everything, it just flows for me, and uh, I can just get sucked in and just pound away a couple chapters, and I read very slowly, so for me to read several books of one author in succession is very rare. Mm-hmm. But I think I read that. I read Horror Store. I read Final Girls Support Group and The Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. That sounds great, man. The premise for that just sounds great. That's my favorite book of his. Yeah. It is so good. I had my wife read it and she reads very so She actually reads very quickly, but she falls asleep after two minutes of reading. Mm-hmm. She crushed that book in no time. So if you haven't read Grady Hendrix yet, I would Strongly recommend everybody check him out. The guy's just at the yeah. top of the genre right now. He's killing it.
0: Yeah, for sure. I've only read the one, the the My Best Friend's Exorcism. Uh it's like a, a yeah, like a weird um you think it's gonna be like this uh almost like after school teeny bopper girl special, and it goes much darker than mm-hmm. uh, it's very dark than you think. Yeah. And he's got the naming conventions
1: down. Like (laughs) his titles, uh, as soon as you hear the title, like that's got to be a Grady Hendrix book. Yeah. He knows what he's done. So the Armand interview, I thought, was much different than I expected it to go, or went much differently than I expected it to go. We kind of get into the horror community for a while and the pros and cons of that and the pros and cons of writing horror versus thrillers. And a bunch of other stuff that we had not planned. And uh, I found it to be the most interesting stuff
0: in the interview. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, th- I thought it was a great interview. And, um, you know, at the beginning of when we started this doing this, uh, my hope anyway was for people who, you know, not only want to listen because they're interested in the guests that we have, but that maybe they are writers themselves too and could find sure. encouragement from stuff that we talk about, because that's one of the reasons why I listen to writing podcasts. I I like to get encouraged. I like to learn new things about what works and what doesn't work. And so there's a lot of that stuffed into the 45 minutes that we speak with Armand.
1: Absolutely. A lot of good advice in here. And, uh, you know, if you're frustrated with where things are on Twitter and stuff, you'll find out in this interview, you're not alone. People are crazy (laughs) everywhere. And everybody's sick of it. So I thought it went really well. And he's he's a funny guy. We've both known him for a while now. And the guy never ceases to entertain.
0: Yeah. And for those who, who don't know who Armand is, uh, Armand Rosamelia is the author of the Dying Days series. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, the Dirty Deeds series. And several standalone novels, as well as uh, some nonfiction that he's released. He also has a brand new First Coast thriller series that's coming out starting this month. And then another book in February and then March. Um, outside of writing, he is a podcaster with the Mondo Method podcast with his co-host Chuck Buddha, where they discuss writing and publishing, um, a lot of the same kind of stuff that uh, we're going to be doing too. Except for they don't usually have guests. Right. And that's it. Let's. And
1: it's those two knuckleheads, but it's a great podcast. Yeah. It really is.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. I enjoy it.
1: So yeah, Armand's great, and uh, I think everybody liked the interview.
0: Get a lot written today.
1: Yes. All right, Armand. I feel like every time I talk to you, the first question I want to ask is, how many books do you have now? Uh, I think so. I think I counted it
2: up recently. Somebody had asked me that. I think I have uh, 225 releases, if you count uh, novels, novellas, and um, anthologies that I've been in, and then like stuff like Godless and uh, things like that
1: nice Dude, that's insane that's a yeah, lot of work a nice i a thir- nice trophy thir- shelf.
2: 13 releases last year see behind me this top shelf here and then this shelf here and then on the other side the top shelf and those those are all my print releases that i've done and then this is my tool shed which is my only hardcover that was the thunderstorm press one and then nice. this is and then this is me That Jay Wilburn's wife made of me.
0: That's awesome.
2: Jay's like, don't put the gray in. I'm like, why? You need the gray in. So it looks, I like it. So that's a nice gift. That's what it's behind me. That was my Christmas gift last year from our.
1: That's very cool. Yeah. 225. So 13 releases last year. How many were self published? How many were with small presses or? Uh, six, Six from presses
2: or five from presses and the rest were self published
1: okay why that um what why did you go five one way and the rest of it i like good? i
2: like being a, i like being a i like being a hybrid so i like there's certain series like there's certain series that I put out that I control like dirty deeds that series i can i control the whole thing and um going forward anything I put out in in thrillers like I have the first coast thriller series coming out um January 15th. February 15th, March 15th is the first three books. And then the last last three books of the series will be out in 2022. So those I'll control. The last two Dirty Deeds books will come out, 11 and 12, this year. So I'll release all those. Everything else will come out by publishers. So uh, I have a book that should come out from uh, Hellbound Press this year, Hellbound Books. Um, I owe six more books to Severed Press, so at least three or four of those will come out this year. Um, Another couple of uh, books and then anthologies. And then I got a bunch of stories, I think six or seven books, uh, six or seven anthology stories that should hopefully come out this year.
0: Do you have books published by small presses that you are like, man, I really wish I would have self-pubbed that?
2: You know, for I mean, me, I'm sure you do. You, yeah, you I mean, you, there's 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 a couple that I wish um, I had not worked with a, a, a certain company yeah. because you realize, oh, instead of making... You know, two dollars on a sale. I'm making less than a dollar, right. and and I'm selling not a lot of books.
0: And they're and not l- doing anything for you. No, those probably.
2: and they're they're not doing anything that I couldn't have done. And and pretty much right. whenever I tweet the book out is when the sales yeah. go up. Yeah. So they're not doing anything. And there's like three or four of those. And then those those royalty statements are like seventy nine cents for a quarter. You know, I get I get like you know a, a dollar every you know three months. So I think you know I I probably could have done it myself, but then it's also paying for an ed- editor, paying for a cover, yeah, you know the formatting, all the other stuff, and yeah, I get I, that. I kind of hope it's kind of that thing, Chad, where I hope that those books, the one or two that I've sold, has led to that person finding me for two hundred and twenty-four other books, yeah, and has has spent spent a couple hundred dollars on me the sure. other way. I kind of look at it that way. Same thing with anthologies. You know, I might make 10 bucks or 25 bucks or whatever it is, but I'm hoping that that, that sale, somebody reading that story will go and find some of my other
0: yeah. stuff. Yeah. And then you got a huge back catalog. Yep. Right. What uh, of your income, do you
1: have any kind of idea of, do you make more money from publishers publishing yourself? Which one's more lucrative for you? i think
2: the definitely the self-publishing is definitely more lucrative especially once i got into the the crime thriller series so my two biggest series by far is probably about half of my income and you're you're talking 220 something books sure and the um
0: you're talking uh, about um uh dirty deeds right
2: yeah 10 10 books on dirty deeds dirty deeds 10 was released in december and that ten book series, and then my nine book Dying Day Zombie series, which hasn't, which is done and it's been done for several years. Those two books make up about fifty percent of my Amazon revenue. Wow. With with page reads and and sales. Yeah, I mean it's it's crazy. And this new series, which is a thriller series, I've already gotten a more pre orders on it than I have on uh, any other book, and I still have about. About a week to go of uh, of getting pre-orders on it.
0: Can you tell if those are pre-orders just from existing your existing readership, or have you done something else that's um, going toward a uh, audience that you wasn't aware of you at the time? I'm I'm
2: doing I've been doing a big big push. I'm trying to I'm I'm trying to figure out how to say this nicely. I'm trying to get away from the horror community. Yeah. Okay, uh, the the drama, the negative, the, uh, this, 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 you know, let's be honest, this ceiling that you have when you put out a book. If I put out a horror book, I can, I can kind of figure out, okay, I'm going to hit this plateau in sales. And it might jump up a little. I might get some new, some new readers, but you, you know where you are after 30 years in this business. You kind of know. And this is like where it is here, except for, except for the Dying Day series. Everything else is like here. And then Dirty Deeds is like here. So it's like two and a half times the the opening day sales I know I'm going to get. So I'm really working hard to do the pre-orders, and especially with this new series. I'm doing a lot of Amazon ads already. I'm doing uh, BookBub, the ads. I'm doing Facebook ads. I'm doing a ton of different tweets. And then all of those other things that you can do, uh, new releases or or pre-order. And Mm -hmm. uh, so my budget is like $500 a month just on advertising. And I've swung all of it now this month into just the new book. And and for me, that's kind of, you know, that's where I'm going. Most of my interviews, most of anything I'm putting out is, is geared more towards the thriller stuff. I even revamped my website now. So it's not so horror and dark and,
0: you know, you know. So I I did have a question um, about that, but I wanted to ask you about your series and why you chose to do that. But, um, you said that uh, you wanted to get away from the horror, and despite you know, there, there's, I mean, let's face it, there's a ton of great people in the horror community. Oh yeah, but yeah, it's it's such a, it's just like this. It's also this kind of like depressing gymnasium full of people that you can't get away from it, and like you said, the drama and just yeah. the constant opinions that nobody asked for, and and um so I'm, so that was a catalyst for some of this, but I'm also wondering. If you were uh, influenced by our buddy, Dan Padavona and the 100%. Uh, crazy uh, stuff that he's am I'm, I'm,
2: I'm literally doing the, the Dan Padavona Amazon ads. I mean, yeah. I'm doing it exactly like he does. And I pick his brain all the time. And um, I put out dirty deeds and, knowing I wanted to get into crime. And that, that came out in uh, 2016. So it's been about five years I've been kind of in, in both places. Mm-hmm. And um, same with Dan, you know, Dan's Dan's kind of dance between the two. Yeah. And I just, I loved what he was doing. I loved what he was doing with uh, Scarlet bell character and all that. And and it's, it's funny because his stuff, he's still talking about serial killers. He's just, yeah. he's, he's not writing about this completely about the serial killer and the victims. He's, he's now writing about the serial killer and the FBI going after the serial killer,
0: mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is
2: great. So it's, it's, he's still writing the same stuff, which I always loved. I always loved everything from Dan. So I I think that was, for me, that was a big part of it. And to realize that he was doing so well with it. And then once Dirty Deeds took off and started doing really well, I was like, you know what? I want to do more. I want to do more of that. Like, I I love horror. I love writing horror. I love reading horror books. That's never going to go away. But the day-to-day of, you know, wading through the BS of, of the horror community and the people who who don't respect it and come in, you know, are coming in over the last couple of years, not all of them, obviously, but there's some, there's that vocal minority of jerks that are coming in and tearing everybody else down and thinking that's the way, you know, that's the way this works. And, And it's depressing after doing this for so many years. I mean, 30 years, 32 years now I've been, I've been writing and publishing stories and, you know, this would be my 12th year as a full-time author Mm -hmm. and nowhere at no at at no other point have i ever thought man i just uh it's i'm embarrassed to say i'm a horror writer sometimes and that's a really crappy feeling to have because it feels like there's still that big group of us you know you guys obviously included there's there's so many really great horror writers that um stay away from all the garbage and that, that that we've all paid our dues and we're doing and we're helping each other and we're we're doing all that but then it just gets sideswiped you know every every couple of months there's some new big drama there's some new person who's either a complete jerk and deserves to be torn down but then it never ends the drama goes for weeks and months and months of still beating on this person I mean that person's gone let's let's not talk about. Yeah. Uh, that we you you got rid of them you, you did your job that guy's never gonna make another dime uh, in the hard mm-hmm. community but let's not keep talking about them on and on and on but i like i i came in here because i like um i like the guys that come in and write really good hard stuff and stay away from the drama and uh you know like the guys who drink a lot like shay you know i mean that that's a that's a guy who just kind of keeps to himself and it's amazing to, to do any anything with him because you know he's always gonna get drunk. And have a great time or dress up like Bigfoot or something. So Huh.
1: What <laughs> you describing him or are you describing me right now? Describing... Yeah, you sound like you're talking about Jesus. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean you know you're lumped you're lumped in there as well
1: uh, I was uh, I don't know if you saw I was in his Bigfoot costume, it scares quite a bit. Yeah. It was, well he uh... was at
2: he was at the when we went to Angry Eric's and we did Beers and the Fears, he was in it.
1: Want, he should not around. have worn that after me i sweated all through that thing well it you sucks. know what I, whoever
2: else puts that thing on uh you're probably gonna pass out because <laughs> he was he was in it for a while and it was pretty darn it. we were outside and it was hot and he was in it for like an hour brutal
1: the thing <laughs> yeah. sucks so it, i
0: i'm sorry god are you are you networking are you kind of like uh mingling with other people that are doing thrillers now or are you just yeah i'm
2: i'm, I'm like i'm not going to um i'm not going to any of the horror conventions or anything this year. You're uh, not going I'm to scares only... again? Nope, not going. Damn it.
1: You're yeah, killing me.
2: I'm going to go to um uh N I N C, which is the, the uh thrillers one down here in uh uh Florida. I'll do that in September and um you know I I'm I'm in all those the the you know I'll probably do Thriller Fest in New York uh, coming up this year. So I'm going to do a lot more of those and then a lot more different signings, but I've, I've kind of, again, distanced myself from, from that horror community. So you're you know, you're at,
0: switching tables at the cafeteria then altogether.
2: Yeah. I mean, I now I'll, what's funny is this year, I should still have three or four horror books that, mm. that come out. I wrote a, a, a novel called stripper noir with uh, Aaron Lewis, who was a former stripper. And uh, the two of us wrote a book together and that, that should be out this year. By uh, Hellbound Books, and I have another couple of things horror related that should come out. And I'm always writing, I'm always writing horror stories. I mean, like Chad, you've been on my Twitch a bunch of times. I'm always writing, uh, I'm writing horror stories on there mm-hmm. all the time. So I'll never stop. I just don't think I'm gonna push the horror um, as far as the promoting and everything else because I know again I have that that plateau. I know I hit it, whether I whether I run ads or not on it, I know that I put a book out and I get that crowd that jumps on it. And it doesn't feel like there's a lot of new readers for me who are coming in and, and reading that back, that backlist, which, mm-hmm. which, which sucks.
0: I think it's easy to see this already, but I think that there's going to be uh influx anyway, with, with horror writers dipping into crime anyway, with the success of like chasing the boogeyman and um, the, uh, Razorblade, whatever, uh I can't remember the name of it. You guys know what I'm talking about. The really Crosby popular yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 There's been a them. lot of that
0: this year. And then with Stygian Sky Media doing some of their stuff and Christopher Triana doing some some crime. I mean, I I'm not that familiar with him. I did read his new one through Stygian Sky. It was good. But I, I good. see a lot more of that happening and people uh discovering more um authors that have been around doing that for a while, like David Joy and people like that and really enjoying yeah. it it's just it's, part it's of that an,
2: it's an easy step too I, I i've always read uh thrillers i've always it is an easy step it's adjacent a so yeah. yeah and there's a lot of uh you know there's a lot of those elements where i read a lot of um crime thriller anthologies and mm-hmm. you're reading these stories and you're like that, that could that could be an, that could be in an any crystal lake anthology yeah you mm-hmm. know it's a it's a horror story I mean, it literally is a hard, it's not, there's, it's not a supernatural. There's no monster, but mm-hmm. the people are the monsters, you know? Right. And there's, there's a lot of that. And so I'm like, it's not that big of a step. And I think if I came on and said, Hey guys, I'm writing romance from now on. You'd you'd look at me like I had two heads, but um, crime thrillers and thrillers is, is really not that far off from, from what I've been doing anyway. You know, most of my mm-hmm. stuff is the, the, the people are the monsters. It's like the, you know, uh, I, I, for me, I think if Jack Ketchum was, was, was still with us,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I, I would, I would imagine cause he was, he was stepping in that direction. I would imagine at some point we would have had, here's the next book by Jack Ketchum, the uh, crime thriller, uh, yeah. you know, kind of thing. And I think, and I think it works. I think it's, uh, and it's fun. It's, it's not something I'm, I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm over here to chase money. If I was going to do that, I, I'd start writing romances. Um, I've always written that stuff. I like that stuff. I've put out up some short stories and different things. So, Mm -hmm.
1: um, yeah, it's just fun. No, I, first of all, I completely agree about stepping away from the horror community. I'm basically not on social media at this point because every time I log in, I'm like, Jesus Christ, what are we fighting about now? Who are we mad about? Yeah. I'm just like, I don't care about any of this. So I just am not in it at all anymore. Um, so I totally agree about that. Uh, and when it comes to the thriller thing, most of my horror stuff is written with thriller pacing mm-hmm. and that sells significantly better. Right. So I really feel like the two genres, are, you know, you can have one foot in each in the same book. No problem. And that's typically what I do. And it's how I, you, it's how you're marketing the book. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly.
2: It's, it's look at Stephen King, look at Dean Koontz, especially Dean Koontz, you know, all of his stuff that was thriller and adventure stuff in the seventies, he was using pen names because the publisher only wanted him to write horror. And then, once he got huge in the 80s, he took all those books and he re-released them under his name. And anything he's doing now is, is I mean, he's writing thriller books. You know, his Nameless series is is amazing, and uh, those short stories are 100%, you know, uh, a thriller pacing and everything else.
1: Hmm. That's interesting. I, yeah, I did not know that you were making that shift, but Hopefully it brings you a lot of money.
2: <laughs> it wasn't a lot, it wasn't one of those, hey, hey, F uh, F U horror community kind of thing. It's just yeah. people know, people I've talked to, I've talked to, to Chad before, people who who I value their opinion, who I, uh, I I'm not afraid to talk to. I will I I let them know, hey, this is the direction that I'm going, you know, in my career. And not that it's anybody's business what I do. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: You no, know, no, it's not. So, because you're making the shift, are you going to also write mostly in series now, or are you going to still do significant amount of standalones?
2: Thrillers are are primarily series, so it's it's building the character. So, uh, Dirty Deeds, I have two more books, and it'll end at twelve. But then this new thriller series will have six books, and it is in the same world, so there's some cameos in the in the two, and then this one's. Um, the first book is called shakedown and then there's throw down man down. So it's, that's the six titles. And then um, the next series will be a combination, a character, a main character from each. And I'm, and that will be another six book series next year called down and dirty, which will put both of those together. And that's kind of how I'm going to do it. I'm going to do the Dan Padavona, um try to figure out how many books we're going. I don't want to do 25 books, 30 books in a series. I would rather do, five six book series to get to my 30 but have that overarching um plot line and then mix and match on the characters and stuff so Mm -hmm. and i I work with a lot of other authors promoting and stuff uh there's a group called tropical authors which um nick sullivan is uh and wayne stanette and and guys like that are running and they're all you know, uh, sea stories—guys, guys with guns on boats and, and that kind of thing. So I'm, I'm not there. I'm not um, military or any of that stuff. But a lot of those guys do that. But those readers will also read my stuff, which is great. So I've picked up a lot of those as well. So for me, to network with those guys and to go to a convention and to to sit with. You know, I mean, guys are still the big guys are still going. Michael Connelly is still get, still going to these. Harlan Coben still going to these events, and they're sitting at the bar and having a drink with everybody and talking. And you don't really get that in the horror community anymore. I mean, Jonathan Maybury it, it comes around. You know, Brian Keen comes around, but a lot of the bigger names, you know, you're not going to find Dean Koontz or Stephen King wandering in to uh, to a hotel lobby bar to hang out with other authors. And in thrillers, you still get that. I'm doing an event. In uh, uh, next month, and uh, David Baldacci, who's you know, uh, who sold literally has sold like millions of books, and he's the guest speaker. But the last time he was there at this event, I actually had lunch, just sat and had lunch with him. So they're they're wow. it, they're reachable people. They're they're still um, excited. and Again, there's 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 not all the drama. There's not all the pointing fingers because these people are selling literally making millions of dollars a year selling these books so what are, What are we fighting for you know what i mean hard community we're, we're we're fighting over scraps yeah. everybody's trying to tear the other person down so they can make ten thousand dollars this year
1: <laughs> you're not wrong it's it's a hard <laughs> genre to make money in yeah. there
0: aren't a lot of people who do it mm-hmm. full-time that leads them. me t- i have a question for both of you guys because you both i don't have a series i mean i got the neon owl I have one book in that series. And you need and to I've write
2: got, a lot. You need to write more because I really like that book.
0: Thank you very much. I And I, I am like maybe <clears throat> a third of the way through the second one. But and then I've got the vampire thing, you know, that was I was it was a sellout thing, you know, and I, I might not even go back to it. And I put it under C.E. Lutzky instead of Chad Lutzky. And that was supposed to be a series, But as I was writing it, I have such a hard time writing stuff that I know is just this is to try to make money but I'm not against it, especially if I know I'm going to like, I'm not against if I can figure out the formula, I'm not entirely against doing something like romance under a pseudonym. I'm, I'm just not, I don't care. I, I actually like romance, like movies like the notebook. I love that movie. So um, I, I I've never written it, but my question for you guys is, um, you know, I've got all these, I just put out, I think my 16th book, which includes a couple short story collections. I think by the end of this year, I'll have had 20 books out. Now, um, do you think that it's possible to continue doing stuff like that? Just, you know, as long as you're continually like putting a lot of books out every year, like putting out maybe four or five novellas that are completely standalones. Of course, you're not going to make enough money as, as you would in a series. But do you think that that you would be able to, you know, I don't know, do it like that i mean ultimately i want i just want to be able to have this as a career where i'm not so worried about making ends meet and things are much more comfortable with strictly writing and i i go back and forth all the time i'm like well i could do this series thing and spend all my time and energy and the writing would take me twice two three four times as long to do or i could just do the stuff that i love and just put out as many as i possibly can and And then hopefully make up for, but then like you said, Armand, there's a ceiling there.
2: Right. And I think that's the, I think that's for, that's the problem. See people, you have a fan base. People, people love the stuff that you, that you write. It's very raw. It's emotional. I mean, obviously my wife loves your stuff. I love your stuff. And I I would never want you to to just go, oh, I'm going to write five books about this character. And then by book four or five, you're kind of struggling to figure out what what the hell to do next with this with this story or this character i mean how many times can you um kind of beat that dead horse of of a character and their emotions you know what i mean at some point the the reader or whether it's tv whatever they're like all right enough already you know like when when i used to watch uh, i trying Walking... to
0: say that every single book i put out has to have some emotional deep well there's there's there. deep
2: there's some deep emotional characters you're you're invested from like you know by the second chapter in your character in your book you're like oh my god I I I don't want anything bad to happen to this character and it's a Chad Lutzky book so something horrible is about to happen to this poor bastard you know it's kind of like watching the Walking Dead uh and I only watched like half of them I got so bored with the soap opera but it's like oh my god please Rick Grimes stop crying all the time stop being, being yeah, so okay, damn I emotional you, yeah so you don't want that you don't want um like, you don't want a slow burn on Riverside, all the emotion and the stuff he's going through. God, you don't want that in book four and five of a series. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. there's got to be something that that moves this along without just the emotion. And you're able to capture it in that novella format. And I think that's really what works, works great for you. Not saying don't ever do a series, but write what you want man i mean you got a million ideas keep keep writing them i mean i I could be wrong jason you're gonna tell me i'm wrong go ahead
1: no i I think you can make a living doing that i think it's a lot harder and you have to hope one of those books really catches on somehow like you know gets a push from an algorithm in one of the stores yeah it's a lot harder to market shorter single books it just is you know i have a six book series i market one book and I get right. sales in the next five. That's it's true. just it's just easier that way. Yeah. Can you make a living that way? Yeah. Is your ceiling going to be lower? Yeah. But I mean, all you have to do is look at Josh Mallerman, you know. But hoping you get a bird box—that's we're talking that's, about that's a lottery tough. winner here,
0: though. Exactly. Yeah. It's <laughs> right. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Not not to say I mean, there's not talent behind it because he's a great writer. With yeah, the There's freedom, a, lot, there's a lot
2: of there's a lot of luck in this. I mean, yeah. I, I, we we've all written that great great book that sold like crap. Yeah. And we've all written that crappy book that is probably one of our best sellers. You just you don't know what people like, you don't know what people want. There's no secret magic formula to any of this. Or mm-hmm. we would all be millionaires. We would all be be writing those those great great books. Talent sustains a career. Just so talent, you know, guys who've written really crappy books but have figured out Amazon ads and stuff are making what the three of us are, are making combined 10 times over, but they're not, they're not in this for 10 years or 15 years because the reader starts to go. These, these books aren't really that good. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we got that, that big push. Whereas if you're writing a great book, if you're writing a book like bird box, that does go through the roof and people are buying his older stuff and his newer stuff. Cause he's a great writer. yes, so yeah. it, it, it really helps there, but there's also, there's also that luck. You know, there's also a lot of that luck and stuff involved in there too, and you don't. It's like writing a hit song, man. You don't know what's what's going to be a hit or what's not. It's just, yeah. You 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 pour it out, but I think as long as we're being true to ourselves, and I think I think that's like the important thing. We're writing a book that we want to read, and we're given a story that we want to have out there. I think I think the readers can tell. The readers will will stick with you. You know the readers will will enjoy that. If you all of a sudden, Chad, you went, oh, my next book is going to be a ninety thousand word space opera. People would be like, what are we? What are we? What are you doing? You know yeah. what I mean? It might mm-hmm. be the book that you want to write, but that's a whole different that's a whole different fan base. That's not the brand of yeah. Chad Lutzky. And I think what really really works for you is that novella. Is the the emotion you put into those books. Because I gotta tell you, the first couple books I read by you, I was like, before I even knew you, I was like, This dude is broken, like reading your stuff. I'm like, this dude is this this his parents locked this the, locked this kid in a closet until he was like 12. Oh my god, you know. I've talked like... to him and it was confirmed. And I was like, Oh, that does oh, he was 14 when they let him out. That does make sense, yeah. But I mean, I, I would say write write what you think you want to write don't worry about the the numbers and all the other other stuff because i think it i think it comes i mean again all three of us have a different magical number of sales or money that we think we've made it you know i mean we each we each look and i go my wife has a great career my 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 wife makes a ton of money i mean if i made nothing for the rest of my life we're we're still doing the trips we're still buying 500 funko pops we're still doing all this so i the pressure is on me to make money it's never on her she never says to me hey i need five hundred dollars this month or i need a thousand dollars or i need ten thousand dollars this month for for me that's great that's a great feeling that i'm still fighting through but you're both of you depending on kids and your situations and everything else you might go oh my god i i need to make a two hundred thousand dollars or, I, or I'm not going to be able to live. Or you might go, you might do like Jay Wilburn, who probably lives on $10 a day. You know what I mean? And, and that's and that's what it is. It's like whatever you think is your comfort level, wherever you want to be. And yeah. I think if, you, if we're striving for that, anything above that is
1: just a bonus at this
2: point. And, and honestly, for me, if I sell one book today, it's a bonus.
1: That's a good place to be in. I mean, it makes yeah. life easier.
2: <laughs> it, it does. It's yeah. I'm harder. I'm harder on myself than than she'll ever be on me. She's a, she's the one who said spend five hundred dollars a month on advertising. Uh,
0: my wife and I are both not uh we're, we're not big on. Uh, we're not materialistic and we don't have you know, we have debt. Uh, we bought a house and had it for 13 years and walked away from it and we just didn't want the debt anymore. You know, we don't have car payment. We own our vehicles. So, but we're not if if I may if I if I was making if I was making uh like 30 grand a year, I would be really happy with that. And that's not very much money. Right. Now, if she wasn't working too, then I would like to make, you know, a little bit more than that. But that's all But you know, two two our third kid is we'll be out of the house in a couple of years and the other ones are already gone. So, you know, our expenses aren't, we just don't need a lot. Right. I like that. So yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah.
2: you say. Know, yeah. I think if you, I think if you're, you know, you, you really got to look at this and everybody's different. That's what makes writing so great is we're, we're all the way we write, the way we think, the way we, we, we do all this is so different, but you have to look and go, why am I? Why am I writing? Am I writing just to write, and then if I sell some books, I'm happy, or do I need to make thirty grand a year or whatever? Or do I do I want the fame? Do I want the legacy? Like what you know? Really, what is your what is the priority for you? Where is that? And I think that's the thing that you you go after. That's the thing you reach. It's not the money for me, and I, I mean, I I think for me it's the ego. It's the it's the wanting people to know who the heck I am. I mean, that's I've heard you
0: talk about i've heard you say that before and i do yeah. share that a little bit
2: yeah i mean that's the that's the honest thing i mean um you know we're 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 going to a lawyer in a couple of weeks to get our stuff and one of our, the thing is the uh you know my ip you know my my all my writing all of this stuff where does it go when when i die you know uh does it you know Obviously, I, I'm obviously going before my wife because I'm so obese and disgusting. But um, you know, then then you look at our kids and you go down, you kind of go down the line. Where does this go? If if I die tomorrow, does anybody pick up all these unfinished stories and write write them, or does it just go away? You know what I mean? So there, yeah. there's all those types of things that we're, you know, a, as writers, as we get older, you start to think about. You know, um, and that's I think that's kind of the I'm I'm kind of at that point of 52. And I'm kind of at that point where, what's the legacy right now? You know, if they wrote my obituary tomorrow, are they going to mention Dirty Deeds? Are they going to mention Dying Days? Are they going to mention, hey, he was just a writer? You know what I mean? And you think of guys like uh, the guys that are that are are there, the Brian Keens and the Joe Lansdales and the Mayburys and all those guys, Hunter Shea, all those guys that are these huge names out there. I had to throw Hunter in case he ever actually... Is, uh, drunk drunk watching this um so i i look at it and i go they have those books you know what i mean josh mallorin when josh goes that first line is going to be bird box <laughs> you right. know what i mean that's your legacy whether you, you like it or not and some people might might not like that some people might um you know you look at music you look at uh janey lane when he died he hated cherry pie but when he died, that was the first line in his obituary, which he said, that's going to be the first thing they're going to talk about. And I hate that because I hate that song, even though it made him millions of dollars.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So hmm. you, you look at that and you go, um, what What are people going to talk about when when I'm gone? I think is kind of the thing. Jason, they're going to talk about your wife. That's pretty much all they're going to talk about.
1: That's all anybody talks about. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's not a joke either. <laughs> no, I'm more about this is a job. I want to make money and I want to. Make a comfortable life for my wife. I I don't seek recognition from my peers at all. Really, I don't know why. That's just something I've never given a shit about. I think it might also be a part of why I don't pursue publishers, um, things like that. It just doesn't appeal to me. I've always say in every podcast interview I do about this stuff, I say if it makes dollars, it makes sense, and that's just the exact way I look at it. So I'm like completely inverted from you. It's kind of yeah. Interesting. And I wish but-
2: I was. I would rather be you than me in in that respect i would rather not and it's it's never um i'm never jealous like somebody wins something or oh so and so is the gonna be the guest speaker at this event or or whatever i'm I'm happy for them i'm sad for me because well i've been in this for 30 years i want to be i want to be invited to these i want the hotel room and the and the and all this other stuff why why is not necessarily why is that guy getting it but just In general, why am I not getting it? Why am I not being invited? Um, Why am I not winning a Stoker Award? And I mean, we can go into that. I know why I'm not winning a Stoker (laughs) Award. No, I get it. I I, I
1: should add, though, I I do want recognition from my readers. That I do crave tremendously. It's just from my peers. It's just uh, something I don't know. I don't don't know if if I
2: necessarily want it from my peers as much as I think from the overarching community Mm -hmm. um not those individuals you know what i mean but just like i i want to be i want to feel like i'm important i want to feel like i'm that guy and and again right i want to be able to go somewhere and people want to talk to me people recognize me i like that I, i like the the ego part of that i love talking about myself
0: it's weird cuz I have the like I said I have the ego bit too but at the same time it also makes me very uncomfortable. So if somebody's like gushing or if I go if I say hey thanks for sharing this and someone's like oh my gosh you replied I'm having a fangirl moment. That <laughs> makes me really uncomfortable. That was Jason, um,
2: right? That was Jason.
1: Yeah. Always. Yes. Always.
0: <laughs> but so so it's like I have a kind of like this strange mixture of both because um I'm just doing something that uh, uh, I tried to learn how to do and I'm doing it just like anybody can, you know, with whatever craft that they want to do. And we're all, I I don't like Hollywood and all that kind of stuff and people holding people up higher. And I just don't, I I can't get behind any of that. So if I'm feeling any kind of like microscopic bit of that, it, it, it makes me, it does make me feel uncomfortable, but it also it's uh, encouraging, I guess. Is the word yeah. to, to continue? Yeah.
2: I get a I get a big head a lot. I get, I get the ego a lot, and then my wife will literally say, "Oh, that's really Oh, that's really awesome. That's a great email, or that's Oh, that's Oh, you got a movie, whatever." And mm-hmm. then she said, "Did you do the dishes today? You know yeah. Oh, that's Max you right now. <laughs> can you go Can you go fold the laundry so we can I can have clothes to go to my real job tomorrow, kind of thing. And I love that about her because it's she's happy for me. But she knows I'm having my that ego moment and I'm not having that ego moment in the house. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'm still doing I'm still doing the dishes. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm still folding the laundry today. I'm still there's still things that I have to do in the house. So, which is great.
1: My wife does the same. She just said something to me the other day. She's like, Oh, you like being recognized, don't you? And I was like, I I guess I do. Like, <laughs> damn yeah. it. Just really made me feel like an asshole yeah. right there. It was like yeah. a good moment and just took it yeah. away from me.
2: <laughs> I think I think though what it is too is it's it's um, I, I mean it's good to have ego as long as you're not a jerk about it you know what I mean as long as you're not because I've seen a lot of guys and we can we can share stories I'm sure of uh, of the guys that you go wow, two, three, five years ago they were really giving and and helping and everything else and now they're just you know they yeah. they were uh, they were nominated for a stoker, they didn't even win the damn thing. Yeah. And all of a sudden the guy's just a total jerk to everybody.
0: Mm -hmm. And there's
2: a lot of those people, unfortunately, that we're that we're that we're seeing out there. And and um I never want to be that guy. I never want to be I never want to be a jerk. I always want to be able to, no matter what it is, uh, you know, two people today called me that that I talked to um every now and then. They called and they asked questions about podcasting or they asked questions about uh writing and stuff. And I never want to be that guy who's like, oh I I'm busy. I can't talk to you right now. I'm too busy counting my money or something. I'm always going to pick up the phone. I'm always going to talk to anybody with you have any kind of question about whether it's Twitch or podcasting or writing, whatever it is. I, I want to I wanna help. I want to help out because people helped me out before and I never forgot that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think it's important. And I think anytime you have success, particularly if you have it early, it's a hard balancing act to keep your head from Blowing up and thinking you're a bigger deal than you are, yeah. Uh, not, definitely some people succumb to that. Before we hit yeah. the final stretch here, I had a couple other questions I wanted to hit you with. You used to do a lot of signings, it seems like you've really pulled that back. Are you going to ramp that up again at some point? Or,
2: um, I have so I'm doing more local Florida stuff. So there's a um, what's it called, uh, Sunshine State Book Fair in uh, Gainesville, I'll do that in a couple weeks. It's just a one day event. And then I'll do um, uh, Amelia Island. It's their 20th year. They've done that event. So I'll do that again. It's just a Saturday. So I like doing those events. And then I will be back up in Jersey probably into September when the Collinswood Book Fair happens. And then we'll probably do Angry Eric uh, Brewing again. We'll do, um, or Spellbound. We'll do like one Beers and Fears event again next year, because it worked well this year. We'll we'll spend a few days up in Jersey again to see everybody. And then um, that's about it. I mean, I'll do, like I said, NINC. I'll do that. I think it's a th- Wednesday or Thursday through Monday. Um, it's all Thriller authors. And so I'll do that event. But that's probably about it. I mean, I'm not going to do scares this year. I've been invited to another couple of horror ones. And I just I, I just don't feel it. I mean, that's a
1: shame about scares man i always enjoy that place i loved it i small. mean
2: i had missed the first one was the, the only one that i hadn't gone and then i've missed the last couple and um i don't know i just you know last year to be completely honest and to sound like a total dick they, i was glad i didn't go because when i heard some of the people that were there i i didn't want to hang out with them i i didn't want to be i'm i'm not the kind of person that that's going to be fake if i don't like you you know i don't like you you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not going to sit and chit-chat with you and do... I mean, I'm not going to be a jerk to you, but I'm not going to sit and 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 eat uh, breakfast or lunch with you either. You know what I mean? There's more than enough people that I want to hang out with I'm going to get away from. And it seemed like there was a lot of those people there this year.
0: You're, oh, talking, uh, about John. You're talking about John Bowden, aren't you?
2: I love John. John, <laughs> I absolutely I absolutely love love John. Did you ever hear the... Um, the John Bowden, uh, when we uh, me and my wife um, busted his balls, it scares one ear. So he he always wears his, his band shirts, and mm-hmm. he uh, he was wearing a junkyard shirt. I'm a huge junkyard fan, so we were talking junkyard, and actually, uh, John bought me a, a junkyard sticker. And he's walking around, and he's wearing a Wargasm shirt, and not many people know who the hell Wargasm is. And as he's walking, I lean, you know, I'm I'm behind my table, and I say to to Shelly, I say, Oh my God, he. Tell him you love Wargasm. Tell him that's your favorite band. So as he walks up, he's like, oh, my God, is that a Wargasm shirt? I love them. That's Oh, my God, that's so great. And he was all excited for about four or five seconds, like big smile on his face. You know, he's <laughs> like, really? And then he was like, "Ah, oh, you're screwing with me, right? And then we started laughing. And then weeks later, he posts a Wargasm song on Facebook. And one of his buddies, had, you know, a bunch of people that said, oh, I love that song, whatever. And Shelly jumped on and said, oh, that's my favorite band. And a bunch <laughs> of people started liking it. And John comments, he's like, don't like this. She's just busting balls. Don't like this at all. And I thought that was hysterical. In fact, I told her, I said, if we had gone back, because they'd when they when that was when they had canceled scares the next year for COVID, I said, if they had done it, I would have bought you a Wargasm shirt. So you could wear oh, the man. shirt in front of him. How cool would that have been?
1: Running joke, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would be a shame not seeing her. I mean, you whatever, but
2: I get it. No, I hundred, I hundred percent. A lot of people are like, "Oh, you're not coming," and they're like, Shelly's not coming." Like they were all upset. So, yeah, it's kind of bullshit. I get, I get it. Uh, but
1: maybe, Chad, maybe you'll you come anything?
2: out to one of our signings.
1: Maybe, maybe in Jersey. Maybe I'll come out. Yeah. It depends on where you are. I mean, yeah. some of Jersey is not too far for me. Some of it's like three hours away, four hours yeah. away. So, still worth, still worth seeing us. Mm. I mean, if Tim's gonna be there, if Tim Meyer's Tim's be always there, yeah, Tim. Well, I, I don't do those
2: events without Tim. I need we need somebody pretty there. Yeah, I definitely won't be there then.
1: <laughs> Little run. Uh I wanted to ask you about your podcasting too, because you obviously have this empire you've built over at Project Entertainment Network. Uh do you get any kind of bump in sales from when you podcast? Have you noticed like it's kind of created a fan base for you or are they just completely two separate entities
2: i think there's a little bump there so i stopped doing armcast last year after 400 episodes and and like seven years almost to the day and um where i love doing it but there's as you guys know there's so much work it's not just sitting and, and chatting with somebody for an hour it's mm-hmm. it's all the setups it's all the editing mm-hmm. it's all the other things so i was losing a lot of time because i was doing so many so many different podcasts. So I stopped doing that. I was doing a, a baseball one. I was doing interviews on a baseball podcast. I was helping them start it up, and I, I dropped out of that after about a year. Once I knew they were doing what they needed to do, um, and then I helped my wife with Lunch Ladies Book Club. I do all the editing and and all that stuff. So it was a lot of work. So I just decided, you know what, me and Chuck are going to continue to do the Mondo Method podcast. So we've continued on that one and. I think you. I see a little bit of a bump. I mean, I definitely see people who will send me messages and say, "Hey, I heard you on on the Mondo Method podcast, and you were talking about whatever book." And I went out and I bought the book. Mm-hmm. So I think that definitely helps. I know Chuck has had sales direct from that as we get as we get new listeners that have come in. So I mean, is it is it a ton? Does it probably pay the bill? Probably not. It's probably probably still costs us more to do it, but I love doing it. I love sitting, you know, every Monday, every other Monday, me and Chuck, we sit for a couple of hours and we're usually drinking bourbon and we're usually, uh, you know, talking a lot of dumb stuff and catching up on our couple of weeks there and stuff. So for me, it's the, it's also the fun of it, of, uh, of doing them as well. But if you, if you said, Oh, is this helping you with the sales? Probably not.
1: Yep. That's been my experience too. I was just curious. If uh, you notice anything, because you had so many, but not really. Yeah, not really.
2: I mean, and and again, I have. Uh, I'm I'm blessed because Armcast had a ton of uh, listeners every week, and Armcast, man, we're 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 building this up. Uh, to a pretty pretty really solid uh, numbers now, but it's not. It's not like oh, every hundred or every thousand listeners, we're getting a sale. It's there's there's, there's none of that.
1: Now, which one? I thought you said Armcast.
2: Well, the Mondo Method now. Did, yeah, okay, okay, yeah.
1: gotcha. Uh, do you have anything else, Chad? No,
2: I, I listened
0: to, just to say I love Mondo Method, and I listen to it every every week.
2: I appreciate that. I appreciate you uh, you listening and send us a question uh, if you get anything too. I
0: always want to, and I don't remember if you guys. I don't recall you guys ever giving. A, I mean, I guess like I could Google it and get the, but as far as you guys are always like. This is this person's goal. This is this person's goal. And it's like, when did they ever say, send us your. <clears throat> so what your we, stuff? what
2: I used to, um, I used to do that. We used to do the goals ones. Like, this is the third year now we're doing them. And the last two years I've chased people. And this year I started announcing like in November or early December. I said, Hey, we're doing our goals and hmm. we're doing the listener goals. So you better have them in. And if you, gave us your 2021 goals, but you didn't give us the final ones. Then that's, that's on you. That's too bad. I'm not sending out emails and stuff. So, and we've, we've, we've recorded those episodes uh, already, yeah. but yeah, I mean, just kind of uh, start listening right around uh, November or so. We'll start, uh, we, we start asking for your, for your goals. And, um, and I, must
0: have like missed, yeah, I must missed. yeah, I must've missed out on that. Yeah. Or you missed hearing it, but yeah, no, Jason, I don't have, I don't have anything else. We'll just
1: do the two we ask everyone now. what is if you could pick one thing that increased your sales the most or helped grow your career the most, what was it?
2: Right now it's definitely the Amazon ads. it's the Dan Padavona Amazon uh, uh, not ad Facebook that Amazon organizes. specifically Amazon specific hundred percent on Amazon the way I'm running the ads I went um, <clears throat> So before I before I started using it a couple of weeks ago, I had 25 pre-orders on that first book Mm -hmm. of uh shakedown the first of the new thriller series and every almost every day i've averaged about 30 new uh pre-orders on that book in the last two Mm -hmm. weeks and it's all it's literally you can line them up it's once i started running those amazon ads okay and and just in doing all of all of that so what
0: kind of ad and how many are you you doing like a ton of ads, or do you have just a couple specific? Ones? I'm doing.
2: I'm just doing a single ad for the first book in the series, and I really? probably won't one I prob- ad. What kind of ad is it? I'll, I'll tell you off. I'll 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 read the thing for you. Okay. Because I don't want it. We don't want everybody doing it. You got thousands of listeners who are going to all do it, and then sure, sure, sure. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna kill my uh you're gonna kill my ad, but I'll, I'll let I'll let you guys know what uh, what I'm doing. Right. It's it's the Dan the Dan way. If Dan wants to. Let everybody know and kill everything. He's probably going to kill me now for for saying that I'm I'm using this. But
1: is the series in select?
2: Yeah, I always go I I, I go select. Um, this one I'm going to do. So there's also another author, a thriller author, Wayne Stinnett and a Stinnett, and he's on book like 23 of his series, and he wow. follows this system. He it's all it's the same advertising system basically that Dan does, but um, He's a big fan of rapid release for the first three books mm-hmm. and then to finish this, you know, finish those other, like say three months later, three months later, three months later. And so I'm doing that. And he kind of gave me the formula of do 99 cent pre-order and then go to the regular 299. And then after this certain book, um go to 299 pre order and then a 399. You know, so it's like all this, it's kind of a formula. Uh, but always I always do uh you know, Kdp I always do Amazon exclusive on uh, on everything uh for at least the first 90 days or until I see the um and I keep it in until I see the page reads drop because okay. as much as, as much as you want to go draft to digital and kobo and and all these other ones you're not making any anywhere near the money you're making on amazon
1: interesting okay now what is the what have you done that absolutely did nothing for you?
2: Uh, uh besides uh meeting you, Jason, I'm gonna
1: think um That's fair. No, that's fair. It's actually been a negative.
2: <laughs> I, I I think for me it was the scatter shot of um doing all those as Robin Reeds and Free Booksy and all of all of those, you know, the twenty-five dollars here and fifty dollars mm-hmm. here, and um just kind of randomly throwing them out there until I learned to layer them to do four ads, three ads, two ads, three, you know what I mean? And and do different ones on the same day. Um, and I also screwed up because I had a couple of book bubs you pay a thousand dollars for, but I didn't do any other advertising. And I really should have layered ads on top of that. And mm-hmm. I think I, I would have done a, a lot better with them too. So again, it comes down to advertising.
1: Yeah. Well, that's great advice. Appreciate you coming on, buddy. Thanks for uh, yeah. thanks for having me on, even though
2: uh, Hunter Shea was on last week before I was. I mean, still, I won't hold that against you guys. That's good.
0: Well, it's because we wanted to get our feet wet, and we knew that Hunter would just be so drunk that it wouldn't really matter. He, he would
1: just be Hunter. Yeah. There
0: is nothing we could say that would be more
1: embarrassing than all the things he would say. So <laughs> sure, that's <laughs> yeah. the way to start. Yeah. You if kind of you got, got, you got like it everything. out. Yeah, you got yeah. it out of the way, and he said all
2: of it. That's that's a good move.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, right, where so, can people find you?
2: uh armandrosamilia.com i'm very uh uh, on twitter armand author and i'm on twitch live uh, three days a week on twitch monday wednesday friday 1 p.m eastern standard time and i will write a um try to write a uh, brand new short story every time live while people like chad are in the uh, chat room talking
0: wow that's really cool
2: yeah it's a lot of fun
0: anything else chad no, I was just gonna tell Armand not to go anywhere just yet and uh you know let us sign off and uh talk to you for a second. But thanks, dude, for coming on. Hey, based... thanks for
2: inviting me. This was fun. I like I like I love talking to you guys.
0: Yeah, yeah, me too, man. What's your yeah, appreciate?
2: You. What what anthrax shirt are you wearing?
1: Nice not, man. Nice. <laughs> All right, bye everybody. <laughs>
0: See ya.